0: at verse 33 of Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. Verse 33, and we're going to read through the remainder of this chapter. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way, and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit is. Hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have? And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy, and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish, and of an honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures, and said unto them, Thus it is written, And thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, He was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. Amen. It is the word of the Lord. May the Lord add his blessing to the public reading of his infallible word for his name's sake. We're going to take for our text today, verse 39. Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me, have. On the evening of December 13th, 1931, Winston Churchill, a prominent British politician, was in New York City as part of an international lecture tour. Churchill's party was out of power in Parliament, and Churchill continued to be the subject of criticism for policy decisions he made as Lord of the Admiralty during the Great War, which we know as World War I. With his political career apparently in shambles, lecturing and writing were his chief means of support. And for that purpose, he was in New York. Late that evening, Churchill decided to accept the invitation of a friend to attend a party on Fifth Avenue. He took a taxi, but was not sure of the exact address. He directed the driver to let him out on the sidewalk so he could cross the avenue to confirm the address. As a subject of the United Kingdom, Churchill was used to a different traffic pattern. In the cities of England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland, pedestrians had to look right first, rather than left, as is common in most other parts of the world. It was that distinction in his anxiety to find the proper destination that Churchill forgot. Churchill emerged from the cab with the purpose to cross the street. Instinctively, as though he were at home, he looked to the right and saw that there was no traffic. But if he had looked to his left, He would have seen a car bearing down on him at 35 miles per hour. The car struck Churchill with full force. The driver of the car thought the pedestrian was dead. He wasn't, but he had so many injuries that his recovery time was lengthy. One of the earliest lessons every parent teaches offspring is the importance of paying attention when crossing a street. I can still hear my mother's voice warning us to look both ways before stepping out into the street. Parents also tell their young children that they must stay In physical contact with an adult, hold my hand, while crossing the street, lest drivers fail to see the children because of their shorter stature. In our Bible reading today, we continued the account that we considered the last time we were at the communion table. The day of Christ's resurrection, that is the subject of this last chapter of Luke's gospel, was one of confusion for Christ's followers. As Jesus said, the disciples were slow to believe all that the prophets spoke about the sufferings of Christ and the glory of, That was to follow. We considered, if you remember, the experience of the two disciples who made that long walk that day to the village of Emmaus. Jesus accompanied them for part of that journey, but they did not recognize him. Nevertheless, he preached to them from the Hebrew scriptures all the things that concerned him. And later, they testified to each other that their hearts burned within them while they walked, and he talked. The last portion of Luke's last chapter that we read today describes their return trip to Jerusalem. Now, how long it took them to go back up that road, remembering that it is an ascending road in the gathering twilight, we don't know. But they had news for the rest of the disciples that could not wait for the morning. And so it was that those two disciples became eyewitnesses that evening to the appearance of the risen Christ in the place where the eleven disciples, except for Thomas, as we learn elsewhere, assembled. The disciples who returned from Emmaus over that seven-and-a-half-mile journey had to be breathless from the exertion. But they wanted the others to share what they had witnessed in Emmaus, the reality of the risen Christ. And as they were among them, without any door opening, the Lord was in the room. There was no knock. There was no one saying, let's see who it is. Suddenly he was there. As surely as he vanished from that table in Emmaus, he appeared suddenly in Jerusalem. And such was the manner of his appearance. We read that the men in the room were terrified. They were afraid. And then the Lord spoke to them with another word of admonition. Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? He did not wait for their reply. He spoke to them that night, just a few days after the institution of the Lord's Supper, when he identified the broken bread with his broken body and the cup of the New Testament with his shed blood. His language and the words of our text today recalled that previous occasion. He invited the disciples to look at him and to handle him. What the Savior did on the evening of the day of his resurrection was to present in vivid form the triple view that the Lord's people must have when they come to the Lord's table. Jesus presented to them the supper's backwards look and its forward look. And in our text, Jesus added as well The third look, which is to behold Christ himself as the triumphant one in the battle for redemption. So in our text, we find the admonition of our Lord that we sum up this way, looking every way at the Lord's table. Looking every way at the Lord's table. When we come to partake of the Lord's Supper as we propose to do this day, we face the reality of what Jesus did, what Jesus will do, and who Jesus is. We dare not neglect any of the three ways that concern our attention at the Lord's table. On that evening of the day of Christ's resurrection, the Lord was intent on removing all the confusion to leave his disciples with clarity concerning all the events that perplexed them. The way he chose to achieve those objectives was to draw their attention to him not to engage in a philosophical discussion about the resurrection, but he bade them examine the marks of his suffering. He urged them to conclude that he was the same Jesus with whom they spent the previous three years of their lives. He gave them the understanding of the hebrew scriptures that they needed they had to be his witnesses he told them they had to be looking for that day when the risen and ascended christ would appear again and return to this world in his glory they had to look forward with the confident expectation that as he said in instituting the Lord's Supper, they were to repeat the sacrament until Jesus came the second time. There are three principal ways, then, that we must look when we come to the Lord's table today. We must look back to the cross. We must look forward to the crowds. We must look now to the conqueror. So let us consider those looks today. Back to the cross. Jesus commanded the disciples to behold his hands and his feet. And his language makes us think of the Notable absence on that occasion. And we find that absence in the Gospel of John, chapter 20. John, chapter 20. And let us look at verse 19. Then the same day at evening, this is the day of the resurrection, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. It was always the message of Jesus to the alarmed disciples, Peace be unto you. As he said in chapter 14, my peace I leave with you. And when he had so said, notice, he showed unto them his hands and his feet. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Think of what Thomas missed when he was absent from that gathering. The other disciples, in verse 25, Therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Thomas wanted to see the physical evidence of the wounds that Jesus suffered on the cross as proof that the one the disciples claimed they saw was indeed the same Jesus. Whom Thomas knew. Eight days later, Jesus appeared to the disciples again. And this time Thomas was among them as we continue in John 20 and verse 26. And after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. So the Savior said to Thomas, as he had done to the other disciples, as we read in our text, Behold my hands and my feet. There were the undeniable marks of our Lord's agony. For just a short time before, at the order of Pontius Pilate, the Roman soldiers carried out the crucifixion of Jesus of Nazareth, having stripped Jesus of all his clothing. The soldiers stretched his body out on the cross and drove large spikes not through the palms of his hand and the soles of his feet, but as was their practice through the wrist bones and the ankle bones, so that the spikes could not tear loose. Beyond the pain of those wounds was the bleeding that came from those wounds. It was a grisly scene not for the faint of heart. But after his resurrection from the dead, Jesus did not want his followers to forget the agony of Calvary. So he said to the terrified disciples that evening in our Bible reading, behold my hands and my feet. It's the command he gives to us as we prepare to partake of the elements of the Lord's Supper, behold my hands and my feet. That is, he is saying, Remember me, remember the sufferings that he bore upon Calvary, remember the high cost of your redemption. It was that exhortation he left with his disciples. And it is the exhortation he gives to us today. Let those thoughts dominate your mind as you come to this table today. Remember the suffering. Now it's significant in the passage we read in John 20. What was the response of Thomas when he saw the Lord's hands and feet and heard the Lord's exhortation? He didn't need to touch the scars in the Lord's hands and feet. He professed instead, my Lord and my God. But in that passage that we read in John 20, the Lord promised a blessing on all who believe in him without seeing the physical evidence. Jesus said to Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are all they who have not seen and yet have believed we share in that blessing this morning. We have, we have not seen physically the Lord's hands and the Lord's feet. We have not seen the wound in His side. But in His great mercy to us, the Lord has provided a way for us today to remember the infliction of those wounds. It is in the broken Bread at the Lord's table. Look back to the cross. As you take the elements into your body, look back to the cross, to the breaking of the body, to the shedding of the blood. That's the first look that we consider in our text But there is another way to look at the Lord's table. And here we have to examine the text in its context that we read. The second aspect, the second look, forward to the crown, back to the cross, forward to the crown. There is a forward look at the Lord's table. In his words of institution of the Lord's Supper, that soon we shall read once again, Jesus said that the supper of that table, as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death until he come. What was Jesus saying? His people are going to be in the world until the day when he comes. So in addition to looking back to the cross, the Lord's people at the Lord's table are looking forward. They are anticipating a glorious event. They look for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the words of institution for the Lord's Supper is the promise, whether from the lips of the Savior directly or from Paul's inspired narrative of the event that Christ will come again. And that event is drawing nearer with every day that slips into history, that event is drawing nearer. The event to which the Lord's Supper points, the coming of Christ, corresponds to the event at the end of the chapter from which we have read. In Luke's Gospel, let's look at verse 44. These are the words Jesus said which I spake unto you, while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. we made the point that there is the threefold division of the Hebrew Bible, the law, the Torah, the prophets, and the Psalms or the writings, all of the poetical books of the Hebrew scriptures. He spoke from all those places concerning himself. So in this word in verse 44, the Lord was preparing them for the event they would soon witness the ascension of Christ into heaven. So, Jesus referred again to the breadth of Old Testament prophecy concerning him and especially concerning his death and resurrection. Those three divisions of the Hebrew Bible contain the full scope of the prophecy that came to fulfillment in Christ's death and resurrection. So how anyone can say that they don't pay any attention to the Old Testament, Jesus would say that is beyond all comprehension. We read in verse 45, He opened their understandings. He cleared away the confusion in their minds, the perplexity in their minds, So that they could understand who Christ is, so that they could understand what the scriptures say. And why was it important? Because as he said to them in verse 48, ye are witnesses of these things. Ye are witnesses. We read in verse 51. That Jesus ascended into heaven. Now, Luke, as an inspired writer, has given us a parallel account of the event that we find in verse 51. We find that account in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Let's look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 9. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them, In white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. It was a vivid scene. Those who witnessed that event and heard the angels on that occasion never forgot. And so from that day forward, whenever they observed the Lord's Supper, wherever it was, they remembered the promise of the Savior's return. This same Jesus will so come in like manner as you have seen him go. The same Jesus that they knew, the same Jesus that they saw ascend into heaven, was going to return to the world in the same manner. Publicly. Gloriously. With the clouds. And as we learn elsewhere in the scriptures at the last, It's the message of the Lord's Supper. We tend to drift away from the forward look to the crown, to the coming of Jesus as King. The Lord's Supper revives in us the awareness that Jesus is coming again. The backward look to the cross, the forward look to the crown, but there is another way for us to remember the Lord at this table, now to the conqueror. In the center of our text today are the crucial words, it is I myself. Behold, my hands and my feet, Jesus said, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. Jesus said that they should behold his hands and his feet and know that he himself was with them in that room. The one they knew. He spoke to them as the triumphant one. The Father's will delivered the Son for a time to the power of darkness. He said that before his suffering. This is your hour and the power of darkness. The Father's will delivered him for a time to that power. And he suffered in that time deep agony that we cannot comprehend. He came to die. He gave up the ghost. He delivered up his spirit into the hands of his father. He died. Joseph of Arimathea, one of his disciples, but secretly, we learn for fear of the Jews, got permission from Pilate to remove the body of Jesus from the cross and with the help of another member of the Sanhedrin, Nicodemus. He wrapped it in linen for burial. Then they placed the body of Jesus in Joseph's new tomb where no burials had yet taken place. So when the tomb was empty, they couldn't point to other skeletal remains and say, well, there's Jesus. And with Pilate's agreement, the Jews, who were convinced the disciples would come to steal the body, posted a guard at the tomb to keep the disciples from doing so. And Pilate authorized the use of his seal on the stone that was rolled across the entrance to the tomb to warn against disturbance of the tomb. But on the morning of the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. It is another message at the Lord's Supper. Jesus rose from the dead, the mighty conqueror over the grave. Pilate's seal was broken, not by the disciples coming to steal the body, but by the power of God in the earthquake. We come to this table today to see that it is Jesus himself. We come to remember Jesus himself. We come to look to Jesus who is the author and finisher of our faith. We come to look to the one who endured the cross Despising the shame, and then rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, and who now sits at the right hand of the majesty on high. We do look back to the cross, we know the cost, we come to remember the cost. We do look forward to the crown. We look forward to the day when Christ will appear. There's going to be a day like that. There's going to be a day and a generation of the Lord's followers who will be in the world on that day when Jesus appears. What a day it will be! We look forward to the crown. But we are in between those two looks here today, looking back to the cross, looking forward to the crown. We are looking every way at the Lord's table. We look to Jesus. As we partake of the elements, we look to Jesus. We remember Him today. He is our triumphant Redeemer. He said to his disciples, it is I, myself. I'm not a spirit. Not an apparition. A spirit doesn't have flesh and bones as you see me have. He is our triumphant redeemer. He has conquered all his enemies, and all our enemies. So let us look every way as we come to the table of the Lord, back to the cross, forward to the crown, and now to the conqueror, whom we come to remember At his table. Let us bow together in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we rejoice today in the knowledge that Christ has emerged from the fight victorious. O Lord, we confess. We become so easily distracted, and our attention drifts so readily away from foundational truth. So the Lord, in his tender mercy, calls us again to his table to look back to the cross, to look forward to the crown, to look now to the conqueror. O oh, blessed Jesus, show thyself to us again today as we partake of the bread and the cup. O oh, Lord, abide with us as we wait before Thee. We pray for Thy Spirit's presence to be our portion as we continue to come to this table today.